Welcome to the Beantown Podcast, Thanksgiving edition. How's everyone doing? This is Quinn David Furness. This is my podcast, also known as the People's Podcast, one of Baltimore City's top 500 podcasts. We are pretty lucky this morning to be joined by uh, one of my much older aunts, Auntie Anna. What's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing well. We just had a great Thanksgiving, right, with 17 people around the table? I'd say it was good. Yeah, it no, was a good no, it was great, Quinn. It was great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, Auntie Anna, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, it's always a pleasure when we can get family on. You know, before people get too old, we want them to be able to experience everything that Beantown Podcast has to offer. So, Auntie, I think you mentioned you were going to get us started with a song. No, I, I, I did not mention that, but. I was singing this morning because I have a two-year-old grandson, so we were singing um, Cucumera Sits on the Old Gum Tree. <laughs> Do you know that one? That's a classic song. Would you I sing with that me, was Quinn? Bob Dylan. Yeah. yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, give us a pitch. Mm, okay. Cucumera Sits on the Old Gum Tree. Mary, Mary, King of the Bushes. <laughs> You're not singing. <laughs> laugh, Cucumera, laugh. Cucumera gay, your life must be. <laughs> Quinn, you just mumbled to that about gay cucumberas? <laughs> you go to Baltimore, that means something completely different. <laughs> I will leave that to your friends in Baltimore. It oh, was an man. innocent childhood song. Classic auntie. Classic auntie. Yeah. Mm, auntie Anna, you uh, have mentioned before that you're going to be spending some time in the country of, how are we going to pronounce it, Guyana? Guyana. Guyana, Guyana mm-hmm. in the next uh, couple of months here. So mm-hmm. why, don't, why don't you give us a quick little country profile? Most people don't know that Guyana exists in the world. So okay. so what's it what's it like what's down it there like? In, in South Africa where Guyana is? South America. It's similar. <laughs> similar South America. Yes, I was recently there. It was my first visit to South America and it Guyana is the only English speaking country on the continent. And it's one of three Guyanas, right? We have what was form- formerly British Guyana, which is the Guyana I visited, and then Directly east of Guyana is Suriname, which is considered Dutch Guyana, right? And the language there is Dutch, right? And then further east is French Guyana, which is actually part of France and where French is spoken. So it's, it's, uh, linguistically, it's a really interesting area, and there's a fabulous Guyanese Creole, which I did not understand a word of. Um, the people were warm, as was the temperature. It's a developing nation that has recently discovered oil, and they're preparing for an oil boom. Um, and there is one large federal university that's invited my husband to come and help them start a chemical engineering program. Um, so we spent a couple of days in the capital, Georgetown, which is a, a lovely little colonial town. Uh, but like most developing nations, it it's, has some growing pains. Um, Named after King George? I, that's what I was told. Mm. That is Do you what know I was which told. one? No, on my question, I did post that question to my guide, and I asked if it was the same King George that, that the colonies, the American colonies, fought against, and they kind of demurred. So I have yet to do my research to mm. affirm my supposition. Sounds like corporate greed or something like that. Possibly. Colonial greed. Colonial, colonial greed, yeah. definitely. But they have a really... Uh, a th- Still intact Amerindian population and fairly pristine rainforest, so it's an ecotourism um, haven, 
destination. So the next time I, I return to the country, I'm looking forward to exploring the non-urban, the rural side of the country. And is there anything interesting or unique about the cuisine in Guyana that you noticed when you were there? Yeah, well, it was a really short stay, but I'm told they're famous for their pepper pot, which is, you know, stewed meat. There's a... Um, ethnically, it's a very interesting country because there's still this large Amerindian population, descendants of slaves brought from Africa, a huge Indian population. So the food reminded me a little bit of South Africa, so there was this Indian influence. Lots of curries. Um, not really many, many colonial folks left, although now there'll be an influx with the interest in oil. And with you coming, that's going to basically yeah. double the population. Pretty much, so. yeah. You mentioned South Africa, where Guyana is located. No, uh, South how America. is your How is your South African accent? My South, I don't think I have one. Ooh, I think that's something worth practicing, because when yeah. you're in Guyana, you'll want to be able to uh, converse, have conversations with people who live there. But so. Quinn... You come from a geographically literate family. Why do you keep mistaking South America for South Africa? Well, they're they're pretty close. Um, if you look not on really. a map, yeah. they're only on a map usually you know maybe like half a foot apart. Is that it? So really not not too bad. Um, if that works for you. This is our Thanksgiving <laughs> episode, and uh, Auntie, you were growing up in kind of depression era. I'm wondering no. if you could talk a little bit more about. <laughs> what Thanksgivings were like for you growing up, you know, mm -hmm. Hoover administration, Coolidge administration, oh sort Lord. of back then. That was my mother and my father. No, growing up in the 60s in northern Wisconsin, which was not Hoover Coolidge, um, it was more Nixon <laughs> and Watergate. Um, so I grew up in a hunting family in the woods of northern Wisconsin. So Thanksgiving meant you hoped the hunters returned in time to enjoy the Thanksgiving feast and we often had to keep that turkey warm until they finally showed up, often with a towing a buck or a, a doe, right? And, and you'd have to quickly eat because then you'd have to dress the deer, mm -hmm. right? That, that's, that really dominated our Thanksgivings, this whole hunting ethos. We're recording a podcast. <laughs> no, it's fine. We yeah. like the ambient noise. Yeah, we have, so we're having lots of fun because my two-year-old grandson is here. Yeah. Mm, very good. Yeah. And he's got a couple different names. So I was under the impression that Tsunami <laughs> is what we were calling him. But when I showed up here, a new name emerged, something like Chunky Salsa. It means <laughs> caterpillar in South African, I think. Um, and I've heard Jabril get tossed around. Yep. I've heard Nugget mm -hmm. get tossed around. There are some swear words I wasn't able to <laughs> use on the podcast I've heard tossed around later at night in an attempt to get him to sleep. To sleep. So um, lots well, of different names. Officially, his Yoruba name is Shanumi, which Quinn has transliterated into Tsunami, which we think is quite adorable. Um, his Ndebele nickname, because mom's from Zimbabwe, is Chongololo, which means millipede. Um, but he, is, he does have another name, Jabril. And, yeah, he's just adorable. He's over there playing the xylophone. Isn't that sweet, Quinn? If he ever plays baseball, they're going to have to get him a couple different jerseys to put his full name on. I think so. I think that'd be good. Yeah. Some soccer players just have one name, like right. Ronaldo or Ronaldinho. Pele, but if yeah. Chungo ever plays soccer, he's going to be the opposite. He's going to have, yep. like, ten different names. I agree. So. Well, he mm. merits them all. He's adorable. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Hey, Auntie, you are in a EDD program. Is that I correct? Am. And that's not for erectile dysfunction. <laughs> it's something completely different. That's 
correct, Quinn, but you are an astute young man. <laughs> so what are you what are you studying in your EDD or researching in your okay, EDD program? So it's a, a doctorate in educational leadership, and I am um, looking at the proficiency attainment of world language students here at the University of Delaware and what we can do to help um, our students attain the targeted proficiency level, which is advanced low. That's the level that, as determined by ACTFL, our American Council of the Teaching of Foreign Languages has determined is the minimum level for world language teachers. So that's that in a nutshell what I'm working on. Does that what, make sense? What has your data collection been like? Well, you know, one of the problems is that there is very little testing that goes on. The, the testing that has taken place at our university sadly shows that most of our four-year language majors are not attaining that level. So it's pretty easy pickings. We're just trying to figure out what we can do, how we can alter our curriculum and our courses to make a proficiency attainment a more realizable goal. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. And when, uh, when are you looking to finish up your degree? Uh, I hope in about two years. I okay. have a couple of courses We're gonna left. We're going to hold you to that. Yeah, you, well, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. You'll be back, and we'll have the conversation with my cap and gown. Yeah, absolutely. The mortar board. That's it. Yeah, well, you have a couple of those. Yeah, I. so if I ever go get a doctorate degree, it's not going to be for the degree. It's going to be for the fun hat you get yeah. to wear. Well, then you have the to choose your university carefully. I know. That's probably the biggest consideration. I would agree. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Auntie, in finishing up here, it is our Thanksgiving episode. Mm-hmm. So what are a couple of things that you're thankful for this year? This year... I'm really grateful for that sweet little boy who just slammed the, the door in the cupboard because he's got a cinnamon roll in his hand. and he's, Sugar high. Yeah, he's on a sugar high. No, So this weekend, I'm especially grateful for family. I turned 59 this year. and Again? My, yeah. No, no, for the very first time. But as you know, that huh. was the age at which my own mother passed. And so I consider every day a gift and every moment I can spend with people as quirky and lovable as Quinn just a huge gift. That's high praise. It is. Mm. Well, Auntie, it's your first time and probably last coming on the Beantown podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't help but diss me, is, can you? <laughs> is, is there anything you, else you want to kind of leave us with, um, you know, in closing here? Yeah. Carpe diem and support Quinn Davis and the Beantown podcast. Quinn Davis. Quinn that's David. My, that's my arch enemy. Quinn David. Support Quinn David and the Beantown podcast yeah, because he's our, going places. We have our Pledge Drive Telethon fundraiser scheduled for February. And I think on um, word alone, Auntie's already committed about $500 to mm-hmm. it, which is really exciting. So mm-hmm. um, thank you so much for your generous donation. Don't forget to use the hashtag friends of the podcast on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all that good stuff. Again, we are on Twitter at BeantownCast. We're on Facebook. You can find us on email, BeantownPodcastYahoo.com. That's Beantown, B-E-A-N-T-U-N-PodcastYahoo.com. Welcome to the podcast, Chungu Lolo. Do you have anything you would like to add to the podcast? Can you say, say hello? Hello. Good one, Chungu. <laughs> well, he really gets right into the mic there. He He's does. a natural. He is. Good one, Chungu. Say thanks, Uncle. Can you say thank you? Yeah, that one might be tougher to pick up, but we'll we'll see. We'll get that in the editing room, maybe. Um, thank you to everyone. This is part one 
of our Thanksgiving episode will be coming to you a little bit later, although the sound break, <coughs> break won't sound any different for you guys. So we'll catch you up with uh, part two later. Antiana, thanks again so much for coming on the podcast. You're most welcome, Quinn Davis. Quinn Davis, nice. All right, we'll see everyone in a little bit. And as we hit the halfway point in this Beantown podcast Thanksgiving special, and while we're getting set up here, I want everyone to imagine that there was a 90-minute bus ride from Delaware back to Beantown. And while you're imagining that, we're going to take a word from our sponsors right now. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, there's good news. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon, is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate stranglehold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home inspector you can trust, call Steve at 541-207-1101 or visit homeprideoregon.com. That's 541-207-1101 or visit homeprideoregon.com. Home Pride Oregon, inspection perfection. And now welcome back to the Beantown Podcast Thanksgiving special part two. We are now coming to you live from 817 St. Paul Street here in beautiful Beantown. We are very fortunate to be joined by the Beantown third timer. Jack Furness first joined us in the spring, uh, actually kind of three and a half because we did our first ever Beantown Unplugged Wonderwall. Check it out. It was amazing. And we played a game of cribbage before we had two microphones. So it was a little bit difficult to hear everything that was going on. And then Jack was the roast master at my own roast when we came to you live from the Pacific Northwest. And now we're fortunate enough to be joined once more by Jack Furness. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, catch us up a little bit on what's been going on in your life since last July when we heard from you last. Yeah, so I moved to the East Coast in August and started law school. Uh, So I'm living up in New York and enjoying that and happy to be back in Baltimore. And I realized that you came on the Anchorage podcast as well, live from the airport. So some might even call you a five-timer. We got to get you one of those uh, jackets that they do on SNL. Um, So thank you to uh, my Auntie Anna and little uh, Chungo Mungo. Earlier on this episode, we actually recorded that yesterday in Delaware. That was a lot of fun. Thanks again to some of my extended family for coming on and now we're coming to you live the day after jack is going to be our special holiday correspondent moving forward on the rest of this episode so i think we're going to go ahead and jump right in with some holiday questions so number one jack a lot of people will be on the road to see friends and family this holiday season what are some of your favorite u.s interstates I'm a big fan of Highway 80. Tell us more about that. Yeah, uh, Highway 80 runs right from downtown San Francisco through uh, South Platte, Nebraska, 
to Teaneck, New Jersey on the East Coast. So right through the right through the heartland. A lot of people don't know this, but anytime you have an interstate or a U.S. highway that ends in a zero, it's supposed to run from coast to coast. I know growing up, we lived right along U.S. Highway 20, and my parents, who live out in Oregon now, they still live right along U.S. Highway 20, and I believe... Highway 20 runs all the way to Boston. So that's a good tip or trick. If you're ever on the West Coast and you're thinking to yourself, I need to be on the East Coast quick, find one of those roads that ends in a zero. Any other favorite uh, U.S. interstates there, Jack? Um, I like 97. 97. That, uh, goes right through Bend, Oregon. It's uh, some, some pretty country. That's a classic one. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah, it's common knowledge that the '80s classic *Trains, Planes, and Automobiles* is one of the greatest Thanksgiving films of all time. So, Jack, what are some of your favorite Steve Martin movies? Uh, any of the sequels, really? *Pink Panther* two. <laughs> Cheaper by the dozen. Two. Cheaper by the baker's dozen, apparently. Uh, Father of the Bride 2. <laughs> Is there a Father of the Bride 2? I don't know. I never saw the first one. We always had that uh, button or pin whatever growing up in Walt's room. Novocaine 2. <laughs> um, I remember watching as a kid and really enjoying The Three Amigos. And That's a good one. I, I have a feeling that I would be disappointed if I went back and rewatched it, so I might just leave it on the shelf and, uh, yeah, let that one be. It's I classic. I like planes, trains, yeah. and automobiles. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good one. I try to watch it every holiday season, but yeah, Three Amigos is pretty good. I don't know if that was originally an SNL concept that they turned into a movie or what. It might have been, but I'm sure my dad would know. Uh, food is a big part of everyone's holiday traditions, whether it's grandma's shrimp chowder or Jack's specialty sweet potatoes at Thanksgiving. There's always lots to go around. Uh, Jack, if we were at risk of losing all of our holidays and you could only save one, which holiday would you save? So this is from a food perspective? No, nothing to do with food, just holidays in general. You really led me to believe there that we were going to be talking about food. Well, I wanted to mention it. Um, well, I like the Christmas holidays because we're able to get the whole family together typically. Um, but as a kid growing up, I always really liked Easter, um, because I like the concept of the Easter basket and really just everything that goes along with that. Yeah. Easter was a, a, a clutch holiday growing up. I can recall when I was very little waking up and there would actually be a trail of jelly beans leading to the Easter basket. I think once we started to get pets that uh, might have went away. But Jack, you're kind of infamous in our family for struggling a bit when it comes to Easter baskets. They used to be hidden around the house. And some years our parents would get very creative, other years not as creative. But regardless of how difficult the hiding spot was, uh, Jack, you were known to struggle a little bit here and there with finding your Easter basket. Uh, what do you think is to blame for that? Uh, lack of discipline, mostly. Um, you know, I, I'd wake up and I'd, I'd 
really have my eye on the prize and, and burn out within the first five minutes. You know, we live in kind of a big house and um, once once all of your other siblings start finding their but sometimes I'd wake up and everyone else would already have their baskets and that kind of took the wind out of my sails. Um, so it was it was hard to stay focused. Plus we always had to get ready for church too and um, just seemed like a lot of work. So yeah, it often dragged on throughout the day, but always paid off in the end. <laughs> I can recall one infamous Easter morning video with the camcorder and I think there's raw footage of me getting dressed in the living room but in addition to that video I recall your basket one year being hidden in the the swim basket basket, (laughs) and took a couple peeks in there before he actually discovered the gold a lot of towels I think I actually what happened was I was reaching down in there and I somehow managed to tip my basket upside down without finding it. So when I eventually got in there and found it, there were, there were jelly beans everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Um, I, I, I quickly on this, this topic of holidays, I do want, cause I'm sure the listeners are going to be crying out in the comments. Yes. We didn't forget president's day. We wouldn't really have mattress sales with, without president's day. So I think that's a sneaky dark horse to throw in there. But, uh, I think Easter is a, a solid choice. Not to mention it's a, it's a different, not only a different day every year, sometimes it's a completely different month. And I think that's the only major U S holiday we have. That's like that. So Easter flying under the radar, um, but I think that's a good choice. Uh, Jack, who do you think the real hero is in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and how do you respond to allegations of racism against Santa Claus? Uh, no comments. And for the first part of the question, uh, definitely Yukon Cornelius. I think that was the obvious choice, but I think everyone just wanted to hear it uh, feel justified in their own uh, convictions. So if you haven't seen the classic Rudolph from, I believe, the 1960s, you're going to want to check it out. Yukon Cornelius, not only a great name, but uh, one of the greatest cinematic heroes of our time. Uh, we've got one final question here as part of our interview. Uh, Jack, what's one racial stereotype you're thankful for this Thanksgiving? The good news is we're, we were uh, doing very well on time, so we can let this question sit for a couple yeah, minutes. Yeah, that one might have to, to marinate for a bit. Mm. Uh, man. You know, going, going back to the, the previous question, um, what was, what's the name of the, the, the lion with the wings from the island of Misfit Toys? Is it Moonraker? Something like that. Skyfall. Let's, let's do a little. Uh, I I always like him. research. He's kind of he's kind of the unsung hero, because he you know he could have Moon Racer perhaps. Moon Racer. Moon he Racer. Uh, yeah. Is it really? Mm-hmm. He could have uh, locked up Hermie and and just kind of kept him on the island, and the uh, the movie would have taken a different direction. But uh, so yeah, he was a he was a good guy. Yeah. Just wanted to throw that out there. I no, feel like I, he doesn't get I the think that's good. I, yeah. I can recall watching that as a young child and always being a little on edge 
when he flies onto the island, not really sure where it's going to go, but turns out to be a, a good guy. So, yeah, that's a deep pole King Moon Racer. Mm. That didn't good buy stuff. me as much time as I was hoping. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, on a more serious note, Jack, what are some of the things that you're thankful for this holiday season? Yeah, uh, family is always a big one for me. I know that's kind of um, stereotypical, but it was really nice to spend Thanksgiving with family this year. It's my, my first time um, in the States for Thanksgiving since 20. 20, uh, oh boy. He's aging himself. That's yeah, never good. Yeah, here we go. 2014 was the last time I was in the States for Thanksgiving, so uh, to, to be able to spend the day around family was really nice. And um, yeah, to be able to be hosted here in the great bean town is uh, just another, another example of that. Mm. And uh, kind of one last thing while we have a multi time fantasy football champion live on air what are some of your tips and tricks for coaches as we move into the fantasy playoff season provided that you're in the playoffs so if you're uh happen to be abby furnace and you're listening to this right now that's kind of all the information we've got for you the rest will be for more elite level coaches so what are what are you really focusing your attention on as we uh move towards the playoffs this year yeah, uh, always go with your gut. That's uh, that's my big one. Um, and he doesn't mean put Jerome Bettis in your lineup. He's mean trusting your kind of your instinctual gut. That's right. So if you um, if you see a guy whose name you recognize, always go with that one, even if some other guy has much better stats. That's one of my personal rules. Um, Something I learned along the way is always check before you trade for someone to make sure that they're not on IR because that can come back to bite you. <laughs> um, never underestimate a good smile. So when you look at the, the guy's pictures, you're trying to choose if you want to pick up someone or drop someone. You can often tell just by looking at them you know, if they're going to be the right fit for your team. Um, Have you seen Tyreek Hill's picture this year? No, I haven't. Oh, I'll pull it up. I think there's a reason why he's leading all wide receivers. Well, yeah. I have no one to blame but myself then. (laughs) Because these are things that a lot of coaches don't really look into. But, uh, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if he would have made the cut for my team. If anyone has the opportunity, just Google Tyreek Hill's 2018 team photo. It's, he's a not, gem. Not the most Love that gem. guy. He's like five feet nine, but runs a pretty quick 440. Jack, did you ever run a 440 at any time in your life? I know you used to run track. Yeah, no, is that 440 yards? No, that's a, it's a 40... Uh, 40 yards or 40 meters, excuse me, but 440 is like a really good time to get on the 40 meters. A four second 40 meter? Yeah. Or four seconds and 4.4 seconds? It's one of those two. (laughs) We'll do some research on this after. No, I used to, I ran the, what did I, I guess I ran the 400. I wasn't very good at track, so I, I doubt I ever did that. Well, you only had one year of experience. That's true. You were the rookie. Yeah. 
and coming off an ACL injury. They should have made a 30 for 30 about you. That's right. Or a 40 by 40, apparently. Mm. All right. Good stuff. Well, that's all the time we have for our Thanksgiving special. I want to thank Auntie Anna and Chungo Mungo and Jack and the Double Happiness Bus for getting us from Wilmington back to Baltimore. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Home Pride Oregon, and go again, go check them out. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. A reminder to use the hashtag Friends of the Podcast when you're talking about us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, at Twitter, where you are at Beantown Cast. And then you can always email us, Beantown Podcast, Yahoo.com. That's Beantown, B E A N T U, and podcast at Yahoo.com. We'll come to you live next week. No big plans as we finish out the month, but uh, December should be a lot of fun. Got some surprises, uh, some Christmas presents coming up throughout that month so thanks everyone for listening uh and uh thanks again jack for coming on the podcast happy to be here all right everyone have a good week happy thanksgiving we'll check in on you next time